Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's always much to get to. Um, let's start with the accomplishments of the administration. Yeah, right. I mean, it's pretty <laughs> pretty short list. But, um, <laughs> well, even though Trump has been indicted four times and his nationwide approval is in the gutter, uh, he's still competitive in polling against Joe Biden. And that has Democrats flummoxed because they say, what about the Inflation Reduction Act, which didn't reduce inflation and... Uh, well, is is giving three hundred million dollars back to a federal agency so they can have a new parking garage. Hmm. Listen, uh, most people you see it in the polling when you're talking about the economy. Any benefit of anything, they're not feeling it because they live in reality. Right. At least when it comes to their bank account, you have to live in reality. Yeah. You see how much things cost, and you know you've gone backwards in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And you can hear about the act or whatever he calls it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't change your personal finances. No, no. And uh, Gretchen Whitmer is the governor of Michigan and the co-chair of Biden's reelection campaign. Well, she tells MSNBC the reason that Trump is uh, competitive still, if not leading Joe Biden, is because Biden has done so many great things. It's just impossible to pick the best one. You're joking. It's a uh, messaging issue, no you way. see? Yeah. There's no way she said this. Yeah. Okay, roll it. Oh. My God. Roll it. Continue to tell the story. Scott, roll it. Hang on. Okay. What are you doing? I didn't do it. Go. Yes, you did. All right, go. The president will continue to tell the story of what he's accomplished, but it's so big and there's so much to it that sometimes it's it's a hard story to tell, but... People in this country are, are smart. They know what's working. They know who's focused on them. And I oh think ultimately God. that's what's going to determine the next election. And I feel very good about um, what this president has accomplished. Uh-huh. Someone like you would. Yeah. God. There's, there's just so many things. You, you can't really pick one. So it's a hard story to tell. Okay. I'd like him to pick one. Yeah, pick one then. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Securing the border? Nope. Oh. Okay. Reducing inflation? Nope. Uh, no. I mean, go down the list one after another. Afghanistan? Nope. Nah. Well, he knows how to work across the aisle, and he's going to bring people together. <laughs> We've, we're not divided anymore. Everyone's on the same page. Right. It's like Joe gave us all a stern talking to and said, if you don't vote Democrat, you're a Nazi, and you yep. hate democracy. And then we all sang Kumbaya and, and loved each other. Yep, pretty much. Well, when you look at inflation and, you know, the stats that are out, what, within the last week, that it's costing families $700 plus more a month now than two years ago for things that you need, just necessities. Okay, then there's other things. I mean, you don't even get into, okay, if you had to replace a car. Oh, my gosh, that's a whole lot more money. What about child care? See the piece in the Wall Street Journal? Child care prices are rising at nearly twice the overall inflation rate. Holy cow. Yes, because it's costing them more money. And there's a shortage of workers. And then more people are going back to work, so they need to find child care. Yeah. 
That's all part of it. I mean, you're no stranger to this, David. No, I've seen it. I'm going through it right now. I mean, I'll, I'll just tell you, and we, we don't go to a high-end daycare for the kids. I mean, it's not, you know, Bob's daycare held at some guy's, you know, in some guy's garage at the wrong side of town. But it's, it's a, I would say, mid-grade, and it's, uh, for both of my kids, total, it's two grand a month. Oh, Holy smokes, daddy I mean, it's, yeah, it's expensive. Yes. Okay, and uh, at the risk of sounding judgy, I don't mean to sound judgy. Mm-hmm. I think you'll follow me with this. I happen to see in this Wall Street Journal piece, uh, the picture that's, you know, in the forefront here is this woman with three kids. And part of her story is that she had to take out a third job just to pay for child care. She's a single mom, okay? Now, on her shirt, it says powerful, except it's pow, and then her, H-E-R, and then another word, full. It's, you know, three words. And all all I can think is this whole movement over the last few decades, you don't need no man. You don't need no dad in the house. What do you need that for? Not needed. Pow, her, full. Uh, it doesn't seem to be working when you got to take that third gig just to afford child care. Right. That doesn't seem like it's best for you. It doesn't seem like it's best for the kids. But I know that just sounds like part of the white patriarchy. If you've got three jobs, <laughs> you're nuts. you need child care 24-7, well, don't you? Yeah, I mean, my... I mean, yes, it would seem. Dang. Yeah, my, my, my wife was stay-at-home for the first uh, more than three years, nearly four years of our, our kids' lives. And, it, you know... We were blessed to be able to be in that situation, but she passed up jobs because the cost of child care was just not going to really make it financially beneficial until she right. ran into a job. She sort of fell into an offer that was too good to, to pass up, and was and so it covers the cost. But, man, I mean, like a single parent, I can't imagine trying to make that work. Oh, goodness, no. I, not at all. So that's out there. Meanwhile, you have a clip. Of Joe Biden? What's this about? Dude, why is he like this? I mean, I know that's that's more of a rhetorical question, an unanswerable question. But okay. every time this guy's around kids, he does something freaking creepy. <laughs> and, okay. So What did he do? Joe Biden was at this event celebrating the signing of the Inflation Reduction Act, and he addressed a couple of the little ones in the crowd. All right, roll it. And I want to say one thing to your children. I know some really great ice cream places around here. <laughs> and Daddy owes you. Yeah. So talk to me afterwards. What? <sighs> no, Saying Joe. Your dad should take them or talk or to me afterwards. Like call I'm going to Daddy. Take you? Don't don't talk to little kids about ice cream, you creep. Doesn't he get that from the handlers around him? enough hey when it comes to the ladies don't be sniffing the hair don't be touching yeah when it comes to the kids don't be touching this hey how are you that's enough i have no idea he man. forgets because he's senile and he's a creep what well, it, it is creepy yeah. as time goes on hey kids i know some good ice cream places around here <laughs> like if that's not the president if that's like your if that's your boss at a company picnic saying that don't you want to punch him in the face? Well, yeah, somebody's got to take him aside. It's like the HR person saying, hey, he, listen, we live in a different time now. You can't be saying things right. like that. You're creeping people out. Daddy owes you. What? What does that mean? Golly. 
Probably also saw this in the news. Oh, no. And David said the reign of terror was coming. Britney Spears, oh, yeah. it looks like, is getting divorced. Really? Yeah. It didn't work out, you say? I'm shocked. Dude, this is it. She's in a bad way. You talk about mentally not there. Yeah. I mean, and I think we'll know in the end exactly what the story was with the dad and the conservatorship and all of that, and there was a reason for it. But, yeah, her and her husband apparently are over. She's went, I guess, some sort of physical on him a few times. Yeah. Well, she she is nuts, and she's a danger to herself and others, and that's not going too far out on a limb. And I feel like every day that goes on and every new Britney Spears story that comes out my ill-fated campaign hashtag keep Britney locked up was looking more and more correct. You know, in all fairness, this was her second longest marriage, though. Golly. This one went 14 months. First one, three days. Well, there was a prenup in place. Second one, three years. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, then there's the story that the Sam dude is trying to get more than he agreed to by threatening to release, quote, extraordinarily embarrassing information about uh, Britney. What, what, what could be, that be? What could be more embarrassing than what's already on the public record? I mean, it, that's what I was wondering. So he hasn't been staying at the house. Um, and again, mm-hmm. leading to big fights. They've had issues. And then she would get physical with him. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, in that situation, there's nothing he can do. I mean, she starts slapping and punching. What? What is he going to do? Seriously. Yeah. You're laughing, dude. What do you <laughs> you got to just take it. You, you do. I mean, yeah, because Britney Spears shows up on Instagram with a black eye. It doesn't matter how it happened. Mm-mm. You're, you're in trouble. No. No. And, honestly, it, I, I wonder when the tipping point was. Because David is a guy like you. Yeah. All right. Uh, so you're a single guy. Yeah. In this scenario. All right. Say it's five years ago. You're single. Britney Spears meets you somewhere and says, I want to have dinner with that guy. And she finds you attractive. Would you have dated her at that time? No. Ten years ago? No. Oh, come on. Ten years ago? Well, that was still, ten years ago was still post-head shaving debacle. It was, but I don't think anyone knew how crazy the situation was. No, I, I, I think I'd steer clear. I mean, if you're Scott, talking... what was your tipping point six months ago? <laughs> no. Well, you know, it, it, I'm a. I, first of all, I've dealt with crazy a lot in my life, <laughs> so I feel I feel like I'm a fairly skilled negotiator when it comes to crazy. So you think you could still handle it? Well, I, I you know, I would give it a go. I mean, it, I, I could you be out of my depth, yeah. but I mean, you know, I don't know. I just hope she gets help, man. I really do. Yeah, I, I can't help that bleeding part of me. Like, I just feel bad for her. I really do. I don't think anyone's equipped for that kind of stardom. I would. Well, at no. some point, it's too bad, dude. It's, well, it's maybe come maybe to that. Joe Biden will take her out for ice cream or something. Oh, God. Well, no, don't she aged that. out in 1988. So, oh, oh golly, dude. Gosh dang. Now I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, Al Sharpton is saying Donald Trump said something blatantly racist. This is, it's comical. Actually, we'll get to that much more coming up right here. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, Trump, blatantly racist, says Al Sharpton. For what? This is hilarious. Apparently, if you say a word that rhymes with a bad word, you literally said that bad word. 
We've made this point before. Yeah, that, that, that's according to the left today after Donald Trump said, quote, they only went after those that fought to find the riggers. Apparently, that was not even a dog whistle. That was, that was obviously, obviously he was saying the N-word, okay? He said rigged election, right. finding the riggers. <laughs> right. They're saying that's a dog whistle yeah, or he, beyond? This is Al Sharpton. Okay, roll it. The racial language. I mean, using uh, a mm. word that rhymes with the N-word, Donald Trump himself, their leader, using the term rigors, which uh, yep. clearly ra- rhymes with the N-word. <laughs> I mean, this is not exactly. 10 years ago or uh, 30 years ago when we marched against him on the Central Park Fire. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about uh-huh. he, and within the last 24 hours, used the term rigors. Is this the kind of party the Republican want to show the country that they are <laughs> what is wrong with you man so, uh, what is wrong with you trump trump needs to right now capitalize on it and do a whole bunch of different uh like uh, trump supports fill in the blank so like do an event with coal miners and mm-hmm. it's trump supports diggers i mean just oh, just, yeah. just just play off of all of that God. because you're you have a mental illness if you really think well, obviously, when he said riggers, what he was really saying was. <laughs> well, any corporation that says they want to get bigger, yeah, well, that means they don't want black people. <laughs> or it, it's well, a dog whistle. Yeah. yeah. Man, he's desperate for clicks, sir. <laughs> Traction of any kind. <laughs> you go fishing, you better not use a jigger. <laughs> no, don't. Hey, that's a dog whistle. That, so. It's a fish whistle something. Right. No. Tell you that. I feel bad for people who work on sailboats now. You know, the lines, you know, those are those people are, are called riggers. I mean, that's that's really bad. That is bad. But Winnie the Pooh has disavowed, well, the artist formerly known as Tigger. <laughs> I can't even add to anything here. I really can't. I'm, trying, I'm going through my head and I just can't. I don't know anything anymore. Everything's taken. You will rename yourself Tiger. Or I will not be friends with you. It's too close. <laughs> you can just call him T-I-double-ger-er. That's why they did it there, right? Yeah. We're just calling him the T-word now. Ah, yes. I love that. Just, man. Yeah, we're going to put that in with some of Al's greatest hits. So dumb. There's some great ones, too, to add to that list. He died of accidental asphema. Al-Qaeda in Yemen. Remember the old Al Sharpton versus the teleprompter? Yeah, he would struggle <laughs> mightily. Did the New England Patriots cheat to get into the big game? NFL analyst and Hall of Fame player Troy Aikens. Uh... <laughs> you know Troy Aikens? <laughs> He's got the number five record on the country chart. <laughs> Clay's older brother. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Dwindling. He, they, they do not want him dwindling his thumbs. Heck no. Oh, yeah. You don't want that. What is that exactly? I don't know. I don't know. Dwindling. (laughs) We need to show the guy some respect, probably. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some (laughs) R-E-S-P-I-C-T. Respect. (laughs) Respect. (laughs) Golly. That's so awesome. Oh, (laughs) Well, that one time he was 
talking about Trump and it, it was like the facts in the case don't matter. The good news would be he's going to be humiliated. Yeah. Part of what he said. Saying, we told you he was a crook. Look at him. He's in this court like a common thief. Right. Yeah. Hey, you can't say thief. Okay. That's too close to female flatulence. Okay. That's oh, sexist. God. Oh, that is sexist, and I'm not going to have you it. You know, that just hit me. Holy cow. <laughs> you cannot say that. Like a common thief. Yeah. <laughs> Embarrassing for everybody. Uh, can't have it. Oh, my. Okay, moving on. Okay. People are going after Bradley Cooper for what? Oh, dude, this is so frustrating. Kind it of is. along the same lines, I guess. It. Uh, okay, so... He's, I haven't heard this. He's going to be—he's uh, going to be starring as Leonard Bernstein, the, the great composer, very celebrated artist, um, who passed away what in 1990 or something like that. So he—he's playing Leonard Bernstein. He's—he's he's directing the movie as well, or he has already directed it. Well, apparently, part of his makeup uh, accentuates or augments his nose to make him look more like Leonard Bernstein. Okay, and. Apparently, enough people on social media are mad about this that NBC News wrote a news article about it, calling it, their words, quote-unquote, Jew face. Jew face? That, oh, well, Bradley Cooper, one, one, of the, uh, one of the quotes is, Bradley Cooper, who is not openly Jewish... <laughs> oh, dot, they're dot, still dot. going by these rules. Oh, you yeah. Have, it's really? no longer acting. Well, you it, have to be the part. Well, and Leonard Bernstein's family's like, no, he was. It was makeup to make him look more like the guy. Right. Holy smokes, man! It's like Joaquin Incredible. Phoenix didn't really look anything like Johnny Cash. <laughs> <laughs> All the anti-Semitism on the left, right? Right, and that's the thing they're going to take issue with. Right, an actor just, with a prosthetic nose. J- just wait until they find out he's not actually a talking space raccoon. Oh, like buddy. he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. I mean, we live in the dumbest time in, in the world, don't we? It seems like I mean, this it. is so stupid. Yes. Oh, you know, yesterday we were talking about Trump's big press conference coming up on Monday. May not happen. Why is that? We'll get to that and much more coming up right here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, Scott Robbins. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we were going to get not exactly the Kraken, but Trump said Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, we're going to have the proof that the election in Georgia rigged. Yeah, I'm saying rigged. Yeah. But now that may not happen. Yeah, it may not happen. And, and you know, like I was talking about yesterday, unless you really do have the goods, again, yeah, you've had like three years to come up with the goods, but unless you really have it, David, don't, don't do it because they're already charging you for this kind of behavior. You're just going to make more trouble for yourself. And now, again, take take the, you know, consider the source always. But ABC News is reporting that uh, Trump's legal team is saying, hey, don't do this. You're putting yourself in harm's way. Uh, this is an unnecessary step because, again, you're already under indictment for this type of uh, these types of claims. Let's just let the process play out. Everybody knows what this is. It's politically motivated. It's It's a hit job. I mean, the fact that. The Fulton County DA wanted to go to trial, what, like a week before Super Tuesday? Yeah. In the primaries? Come on. Everybody knows what this is. True. Uh, don't make it easier for them. Okay. But they have to have something. He wouldn't say that if they didn't have something, right? Mm, I don't know. 
I mean, he was he was propping up Sidney Powell a lot, and she never really came through with any of it. Well, David. Yeah, that's true. What about Lynn Wood? Uh, yeah, that was it was a debacle. After he was done taking all that money from the Covington Catholic kid, <laughs> Nick Sandman. Yes. Remember that? Took a lot of money. Ran away with it. Huh. I know. Well, the Trumpster has not always put his faith in the right people. I'll give you that. That's oh, weird. I'm just going to say that. I was like, man, the people that surrounded him, holy uh, smokes. And, yes. Oh, and then, okay. Then the but, th- but if that happens, he's not going to just say, hey, we've got the goods again. Mm-hmm. He's not going to trust somebody else that actually doesn't have it, right? Uh, I would hope. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> I know. Okay. This. All right. Follow me for a second, if you would. And I'm admitting this right now. This probably proves I have a lot of growing to do as a person, because sometimes you'll hear a story and thoughts come into your head. And sometimes for me, it's like scenes from a movie and I can't help it. When you started talking about, you know, a lot of people are advising him, hey, you're already in trouble in Georgia here with these indictments. Okay. This could make it worse. And I'm thinking to myself, how could it get worse? He's already indicted. And then I think Animal House. Oh, no, we might get in trouble. Who cares at this point? Bring it out. Go ahead. Might as well have a good time. Do the press conference. Show us what you got. He's screwed no matter what from some of these people, it seems like, especially in Georgia. If you got something, you know, let people know. And I know the lawyer's going to say, no, Donald, you don't want to do that. Yeah, roll. Let Don be Don. <laughs> Go for it. You don't approve, do you, Scott? I can see it. I, you know, you I think I've, I've lost my mind. No, no. I, you might. I, I mean, I think you're right in that. What more can you do, right? And what what is what more can you pile on? I mean, if he if he's found guilty, but, that's jail time. Well, I mean, what it in does Georgia. though, what it does though, is it casts dispersions on whether you got something or not. I mean, if you got something, you think you'd want it out there. You've told us you have it. Let's see it. Don't Sidney Paulus. Yeah. Don't crack in every day, you know, and and then nothing. You got nothing. That because that that's lack of credibility then. Then even even people who were behind you were like, hey, dude, come on. Let's see it. You I'm dying to see it. So you think you should go ahead with it? Absolutely. Okay. Because again, dovetailing off what you said, he's got nothing to lose. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. Great job. Well, you're you're welcome, but I mean, damn man, don't don't play this game. Get out there and do it. Come on. All right. See what happens. Saw this story today from Real Clear Investigations, part of Real Clear Politics. And it's talking about how Christian education is getting bigger and bigger. It's coming back. It was lagging, I guess, in the yeah. mid-2000s, at least according to this story. Uh, but to no surprise to a whole lot of people, especially after COVID, it's really thriving. And it's interesting because they're able to keep the cost down for a lot of people. Say, man, I'd love to send my kid, you know, get him out of public school, send him to a Christian school or, you know, some other private school. Can't afford it. Right. But it's becoming more affordable in a whole lot of places. And according to this story, uh, look at Arizona, where apparently um, a lot of these schools are already full. And it's hard for parents to even find a school. Yeah. That's true. I know a guy right now that runs one. And it's and, full. And it's full. They got a waiting list of, of kids that want to go there, parents that want to put their kids there. Yeah. So it's to meet demand in these kinds of states. Um, they're setting up micro schools that enroll only about 100 students. 
students learning both in formal classrooms for a few days a week and then at home for the rest, they're like hybrid schools. They keep operating costs down. And to access a steady revenue stream, they're setting tuition below the choice scholarship maximum amount. These states where you have school choice mm -hmm. offerings. Thought that was pretty cool. Allowing them to attract students with the enticing offer of a free ride. And so this has been great for a lot of families that, you know, don't have enough money to really, at least in the past, send their kids to these types of schools. Mm -hmm. You like to see this, man, with school choice because... For kids across the country, that's going to be huge. We've seen what the teachers' unions have done yeah. across the country to kids, and it's not good. And you've got all these failing schools. A little bit later, we'll get to another story where they're cracking down. If you can't read by third grade, you got to fail these kids. Yeah. Well, Some are saying, well, that's not fair. Well, but you can't freaking read. Yeah, no, no it, it is fair, actually. You, ha you, you can't just keep passing kids along. I mean, no, look at Baltimore. It's not as, fair to the kids. As a totally failed social experiment where you have one high school, and this was from a couple of years ago, but one high school where a dude had like a .15 GPA or something like that, and he was still in the, like at the top of the bottom half of the class. Right. Like he was about average, actually. What That's good pathetic. does that do anybody? Well, he feels good about himself. He graduated. Okay. So what? Doesn't do you any good. Well, you get that sweet, sweet cash coming from the state. Oh, yeah. That's part of it. But that's not about the kids now, is no. it? No. Yeah. Of course not. Of course not. All right. Got to move on. That part of the show, going around the table, may not be the biggest story out there, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Well, there's a progressive who may be in line to lead Chicago's Department of Public Health. Well, he had to issue an apology uh, well, he had claimed he had a Ph.D. from Harvard. He doesn't. Yeah. Doesn't actually oh. have a Ph.D. from Harvard. Uh, and he put out a, uh, uh, a public apology saying, I'm writing to publicly apologize for my, uh, misrepresenting the completion of a Ph.D. on my personal website for a period in summer of 2021. Uh, he says, I'm deeply sorry and embarrassed. He's a uh, political anthropologist of public health and law as well as a psychoanalyst and physician, according to his biography on the Scholars at Harvard website that was reviewed by Fox News Digital earlier this week, uh, does not specify Harvard as the school where he claimed to have attained the Ph.D., but the Harvard Scholars website and a Harvard Gazette report from 2021 show he was working at the time on a Ph.D. in anthropology at the esteemed university. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Lied about that. Hmm. What is the percentage of people that have lied about where they went to school? You know, it used to be significant. Yeah, and and in most jobs, it, it, it's sort of like, oh, it doesn't really matter. you know. Or I shouldn't say most jobs. Many jobs, it really doesn't matter. but Because um, no one's ever going to check. But now it's pretty easy with the Internet. It's pretty easy to double-check. Hey, did this person even go to Harvard? Yeah. He went to Harvard, the one with two R's. <laughs> Harvard. <laughs> yeah. It's a pirate school. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> For peg legs and eye patches. Yeah. All right, what's your story, Scott? Uh, YouTube has no longer has or no longer has a COVID nineteen policy, but they have an expanded policy now. YouTube will ban any medical misinformation that contradicts the WHO or local health authorities like the CDC regarding substance and prevention, treatment, or denial of health conditions. So, in other words, if you fly in the face of what they're saying, they will ban you. 
So if you told the truth a couple of years ago, yes. like so many people did, they're going to continue to ban you. Right. If the CDC says it's misinformation, yep, you're gone. Now, Michael Schellenberger tweeted this out afterwards. I like this. He said, imagine if YouTube had been around over the last, oh, I don't know, 200 years. They would have banned criticism of bloodletting, <laughs> lobotomies, <laughs> sterilizing the mentally ill, all of which were recommended by health authorities at the time. Yeah, it's true. Schellenberger is a smart guy, man. He's a really smart guy. I like that, though. Yeah. Hey, bloodletting may not be good. Banned! Hey, give me leeches or give me death. <laughs> right. What do you think about Schellenberger, uh, Matt Taibbi, Joe Rogan, Dave Rubin, um, all these guys that were pretty progressive that have really done a 180. And I'm not saying they're staunch conservatives by any means. They're common sense people. That's, that I, that's Honestly, it gives me hope because I think half the country has no idea what's going on. The people learn it and they're like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. They're real people who have real thoughts. Yes. I mean, independent thinkers. Exactly. It's good. Uh, for my story today, I'll pose it as a question. And we'll say closest two wins, okay? What is the amount of adults in America of drinking age that consume alcohol? What percentage? David? Just Oof. at all? Yes. Uh, I'd say 48%. I'll say 55%. Wow. Uh, you're both under. It's 62%. Okay. What's interesting is I've asked you guys this question before, and usually you overestimate. Yeah, but but and that's why I underestimated this. Because <laughs> usually it's like, well, yeah, I mean, it's probably like eighty something percent, and oh no, actually, it's there was one survey where it's like, you know, it's actually only thirty eight percent. I'm like, well, that's a lie, but right. Well, it's interesting, and I mean, you can do this yourself. Just over time, having asked this question to different people, people that drink. Always overestimate. Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. that. You're right. If you would have asked me 10 years ago, I would have said 90%. Well, we've done this before. Because it's my circle. It's, Everybody boozes in my circle. When I said 62% before, you're like, they're people lie. Yeah. But you like, would no, think that, boozy, right? I know. No, it's no just, I know. You know. It's hard to fathom that there are actually people that don't. And when you stop, you have a chance of probably underestimating it, which I did. There you go. And, and You know, because it's true. It says, if that seems high, actually, it's lower than 71% in the 70s. And it's in line with a similar poll back in 1939. Yeah. You know, one of the reasons, and we've seen this out from the polling, that some people are not drinking as much, and you're talking about younger. It's because of weed. Yeah. Well, Edible true. stuff like that. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons, too, people don't go out They're as much. They're still changing their reality. It's just in a different right. way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just interesting stuff. All right, much to get to. Um, <laughs> I love some of the stories David has because you can't make it up. One of the FBI members who pushed Russian collusion pleads guilty to colluding with the Russians. Yeah. That and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Russia, Russia, Russia. Mm -hmm. What's the story here? Yeah, there's a former FBI counterintelligence official named Charles McGonigal. He's not a household name, but he was one of the central figures in the early days of the Trump-Russia hoax, pushing the idea that Trump was working for the Russians. I mean, he was one of the investigators leading this okay. early on. Well, he just pleaded guilty in a criminal case about him working for Russians. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tried to help out a Russian billionaire by trying to get him off of a U.S. sanctions list. It also investigated a rival Russian billionaire for some, well, under-the-table cash. Try to, try to, you know, muscle out the competition for his buddy, the wow. Russian. The single count to which he pleaded guilty to resolve the case carries a maximum sentence of five years in prison. Sentencing is set for December 14th there. Oh, he was also charged in a separate case uh, for concealing $225,000 he got from a former Albanian intelligence employee. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're going to be pleading out to that one as well. You know, I always think about the brass it takes to get into business with one of these people, too. Yeah. Like, that's not going to come back on you at some point in time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is a different level of people, I would imagine. And, you know, I guess stating the obvious, and you look at the polling. What was it? You just had the number yesterday. People that still think that Russia had something to do with the 2016 uh, election? Oh, it's about two-thirds of Democrats. That's insane, man. That's it's brainwashing. What else can yeah. you say about that? Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's why I just kind of chuckle whenever I hear Democrats talking about disinformation. Like, no, you guys pushed the largest disinformation campaign of my life. And the thing is, if you it, I guess it depends on the person. If someone is dug in and really believes that, I don't think you can convince them. No, no, you can't. That it's a load. No. I mean, you could show them different sources, the different story. They wouldn't believe it. Well, that that's part of the right wing. They're, they're crazy. Well, there's a segment of the population that will believe anything. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of flat yeah. earthers still out there. Well, there, there's also a, a like lot of Democrats who think that men can get pregnant. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can yeah, believe yeah. something that ridiculous, then you'll right. be you'll believe anything. You know, man. I think though, I really do. The people know better than that. They know. Actually, it can't happen. Though I'll go along with it because I don't want to hurt feelings. But they actually believe that Russia impacted the 2016 yeah. election in favor of Trump. Anyway, yeah. by the way, every time I see a story like this, I hear in my head Donald Trump saying, "I like to see bad people fail." Uh, the George Soros firm um, that was all about green energy what was the name of that uh, company, Proterra. Yeah. <laughs> he lost $105 million on that deal. I like to see that. I don't think it means much yeah, it's like to a guy like 10 that. Bucks, you yeah. know, but still, right. But still, that investment firm run by him, yeah. a major investor in the now bankrupt electric bus company, with everything happening with the push toward electric vehicles, yeah. how does that happen? Well, I mean, yeah, you, you had enough people involved in the Biden administration who had a financial stake in it, and they probably, you know, got allowed themselves to get bought out right before it went under. Yeah, isn't that the way? Because for a while, it looked like this was a great investment. Mm -hmm. Give me one success story, just one. We've made a lot of money since we went green. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, is there an update on this Hunter Biden fiasco? Uh, yeah, this is a really interesting development. House Republicans who are looking into Joe Biden's business ventures with his son Hunter are now asking for some very specific information regarding how the two were in business together, and it has to do with Joe using fake names and emails. Ooh. <laughs> so they're asking the National Archives to provide documents containing names like J.R.B. Ware, Robin Ware, or Robert L. Peters. Now, the address for Robert L. Peters was used in a scheduling email in 2016 about a call with the president of Ukraine at the time. Ooh. The address actually appears multiple times, a couple dozen times, in fact, on the uh, Hunter Biden laptop, which <laughs> addresses a couple of things. I mean, th- so the allegation here uh, is that uh, Joe Biden was using pseudonyms in order to escape Freedom of Information Act requests on the communications that were being done. Um, and then also, I guess, kind of gets around to maybe sort of coming closer to answering the question as to why Hunter Biden referred to his dad as Pedo Peter. Remember that? I don't remember the Pedo Peter part. He misspelled Pedro. Right. (laughs) I don't know. Hmm. Pseudonyms. It's hard to keep fake names straight when you can't keep real names straight. Javier (laughs) Bacaria. I mean, just as an example. I mean, that's a... That's a tough ask for a guy like that. And, and the really interesting part to me is that with these specific types of names that are being asked now for the National Archives to turn over, um, it tells me that they know something. They're just waiting for the documentation to come through. I think you're right about that. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to get a lot of distractions in the coming weeks. Well, yeah. I mean, well, just on this alone. Donald Trump's going to be indicted again, like, this afternoon, probably. Probably. Or tomorrow. Yes. For being against the Infralauncher Act or something. Who knows what it will be. <laughs> when I sign the bipartisan Infralauncher again, which... For, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he's with it. It's one of the pseudonyms, Infralauncher. <laughs> free standing, have free, 30 free... Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Numbers. Hard. Okay. Other stuff going on. Um... What is the story out of Arkansas and the media freaking out? Oh, okay. So this has to do with uh, AP, African American Studies. We heard a lot about this. It's a pilot program right now. Uh, And the state of Florida, of course, took a lot of arrows because they said, no, thanks. We don't want to take part in the test phase of this because it's got a bunch of Marxist crap. It talks about queer theory. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff in there that isn't history, that isn't really pertinent or necessary for a kid to learn while going through the public education system. And initially it was rolled out at something like 60 schools across the United States. And Florida said, you know what, we don't want to be a part of this. And media was like, they don't want to teach about black people in Florida. Terrible. No, it's indoctrination. That's what you're fighting against. Well, the the state of Arkansas is including it in some schools, but it's only counting as an elective credit because it's not the the... The course is not finished yet. Okay. So they're just saying, well, you can get an elective credit for it, but it's not going towards any other uh, state requirements. Uh, But, of course, media is taking its cues from activists who say this is racist and terrible. CNN's Boris Sanchez brought on a teacher's union rep named April Reisma. 
TikTok are. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure very trustworthy. What is it that you think the people behind this movement, as you describe it, are fearful that kids might learn because of this course? Oh, dear goodness. Give it a rest. The truth? Could that be it? <laughs> I don't think that we need to take any of that away from our students. They need to learn from the past. If we learn from our past, we can make our future stronger. So boy, you that, say, you that say, statement's not tired. You say religious and private schools are overwhelmed with the amount of yeah. kids who want to yeah. get into them now, huh? Well, yes. Geez. Well, the thing to remember, too, is that so, so if you're not familiar, if you don't have a kid who's gone through this or you yourself haven't gone through this, the advanced placement courses, what they do, it's a, it's a dual credit kind of system. You take it, it satisfies some, uh, some credit that you need for your K through 12 uh, education. And then if you pass the AP test at the end of the year, you can get college credit, and colleges agree with this, right? My kids have all done that, yeah. Right, mm -hmm. and I did it uh, uh, for a few classes uh, with different stuff. Um, now, an important thing to remember, though, is that some colleges with this particular course have agreed to accept these credits when the course is finished, like when it's officially uh, available. But the final test scores for last year and now this coming spring are not being accepted for college credit yet because it's not been fully approved it's not gone through the 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 whole testing phase or the pilot phase so if universities aren't accepting the test results for college credit why should public schools it's an elective you're taking it cuz you're part, you're agreeing to be part of the pilot phase of this program that's the entire point of a pilot phase but we're going to yell and scream that you don't want kids to learn yeah. because you're getting in the way of our indoctrination. Right. Well, yeah. And, and at the end of the day, it's because uh, people in mainstream media, national media, who pick up on stories like this and pick at it the way that they do, they're the enemy of the people. They hate you and they hate your kids. Seems like it to me. Well, and then there's a story out of the Wall Street Journal, different story, talking about how more states are going to hold back third graders who can't read. Like if you're going to progress in school, you got to know how to read, okay? And yes, if you don't know how to read, you need to get tutoring. You need to do whatever you can so that you're not failing the kid. It's not a big ask here. No, but uh, some people are saying this is unfair. I know. I. What are you talking about? You got to know how to read. This is basic stuff. As it says in the story, supporters say the laws motivate students to work hard, while others say they're unfair because we have a nationwide reading crisis that worsened during the pandemic. <laughs> so more states are saying, hey, we've got to put our foot down here. Like in Tennessee, North Carolina, Michigan, along with at least 16 states have tried in recent years to use reading tests and laws requiring students to repeat third grade to improve literacy. It only makes sense. Yeah. I mean, really, what's more embarrassing, having to repeat third grade or graduating high school and not knowing how to read? Great question. Yeah. Well, or you, you're getting into fourth grade and fifth grade, and you're falling farther behind yeah. because you can't read. Right. I, dude. I mean, we do this every day. All right. <laughs> And if there is some policy or some belief on the left that is really flourishing and works, let me know what it is. All the things that they spend time fighting for, it honestly only hurts people. Yeah. Where does it help? I mean, from kids trying to read, addicts, they don't want addicts to get sober. We don't want to hurt their feelings. We want them to help them get high. Yeah. 
Who? How does that make any sense at all? You could go off on a soapbox about a number of different things, but as far as the story goes, um, I don't know what you tell someone that says, you know, it's really going to be damaging if you got to have a kid repeat third grade. More damaging than they can't read and you don't want to take the time to teach them how to read? I agree with you. How much is this about the money you get for just passing these kids on and on and on? The negative uh, connotations behind a third grader not being able to read versus a sophomore in high school not being able to read is not interchangeable. Yeah. I mean, you do it when they're in third grade, of course. Crazy. It's the humane thing to do and the better thing to do. All right, David, what is the story about this woman that finds a dude dude. and living under her house? Dude, yeah. Lady in California was woken up early one morning hearing weird noises around the house, so she went out to investigate. And she recorded the whole thing right after she called the cops. And here's her play-by-play of the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. All right, roll it. I'm standing at the front door, and I'm, like, peeking out, and I see the grass moving over here. A f- arm comes out of the hole oh oh and is feeling around a dirty-ass arm, feeling around this hole outside. And there, there is a whole-ass man living here for months, living underneath the house. Okay, hold on a second. Yeah. And I understand it, man. You see this arm moving. That's, you got to be freaking out. Yeah. Her terminology. Yeah, it's good. It just means a whole dude. Yeah. The whole ass man thing <laughs> throws you for a second. Are you talking about it? It's, it's, it's bare butts. Well, it was the way it was said. Yes. You know, it yeah. was whole ass man. Yeah, it's right. hyphenated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready for your Seinfeld quip here, Robbins. The ass man. The, the ass yes. man. Yeah, of course. He had a license plate. Kramer yes. got it by mistake and he became the ass man. Yes. Okay, roll on with this lady. You know how creepy it is to see a f- arm come out of this? I can only imagine. Seriously, I feel for you there. Yeah. Yeah, that's got to be pretty creepy, man. It's like a scene from Carrie or something. Yeah. Feeling around the side of the house. Oh. Imagine being half awake and seeing an arm, a dirty arm, come out of this hole. Yeah. yeah. Even if it was clean, I'd freak out. Yeah. The uh, uh, so she calls the cops. Cops get there, and they're looking under the crawl space underneath the uh, uh, underneath the house, and mm. trying. I think the guy got turned around underneath the house, thinking that that was his exit point, but he's he was too big to get through it. Oh, so they find it like on the other side of the house, closer to the garage, where you see the first cop get there. He's got his flashlight shining in there. And he starts to bend over to, like, go in there. And then he realizes, I'm too big. I got to get a skinnier cop over here. So then another (laughs) cop comes over. And they coax the guy out eventually. The guy looks like he's out of his mind on drugs. And yet, evidently, the guy had been living there for a while. Underneath somebody's house. You know, how did DoorDash know where to drop off the food? (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one, right? Holy imagine cow. that? I'll tell you what, that gal would be fun at the dude drop in though, wouldn't she? <laughs> what do you mean? I mean she's got she's got the language down, man. She can Oh yeah. She can talk with the best of them. Yeah, I like the way she describes the too. whole thing. Yeah, me too. I like that. Yeah. Dirty arms coming out of the grind and the grass. Golly. Toby Keith on the jukebox. Man oh man. <laughs> oh man, update out of Hawaii. Tragic situation. But the electric company knew wildfires were a growing risk. You hear about this? We'll get to that and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Uh, 
obviously tragedy in Hawaii, wildfires and the loss of life and so much more. Mm. Wall Street Journal, I saw this and figured I'd bring it up because you're not going to see this, I don't think, on much legacy media, that Hawaiian Electric knew of this wildfire threat. It's pretty well documented, but didn't do much about it in the last four years. Um, as the story says, during the 2019 wildfire season, which was one of the worst Maui had ever seen, Hawaiian Electric concluded that it needed to be far more or had to do far more to prevent yeah. its power lines from emitting sparks. So they knew of the danger. And as the story goes, nearly four years later, the company has completed little such work. Between 2019 and 2022, it invested less than 245 grand on wildfire-specific projects on the island. That's what the regulatory filings show. And I know there's plenty of time for, you know, armchair quarterbacks, all that. Um, and right now your heart's with, you know, just the families, the loss of life, everything else. People are already looking at this. I mean, they're facing scrutiny and litigation, financial crisis with Hawaiian Electric. Um is the deadliest wildfire in the United States in more than 100 years. And I don't know, did you see the video of where it looks like the fire may have started with the yeah. down power line? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Looks like a little explosion, yep. yeah. the spark. That was one of the things they were really supposed to look at in the last few years. So, and actually, Hawaiian Electric released, what was this press release at the end of 2019, said it would install heavier insulated conductors on Maui and Oahu just to minimize the risk of the sparks. There was other plans to do other things too. But in filings over the next couple of years, that uh, didn't happen, just didn't see it. Then there's this other part of the story. Former regulators and energy company officials said the utility was focused on that at the time with renewable energy because yeah. the pressure was on. Yeah. In 2015, Lawmakers passed legislation mandating that the state drive 100% of its electricity from renewable sources by 2045. Yeah, yeah not, not a whole lot of uh, incentive to upgrade or, or safeguard your current technology when you've got that kind of deadline. Because that is, I know it sounds like a long way off, that's nothing in terms of major infrastructure changes. Right. And to add to that, David? Yeah. Uh, the company dove right into reaching the goal, saying, you know what, we're going to be five years ahead of that schedule. Because yeah. this was the first state in the United States uh, to make this as a goal. So, and yeah, that's yeah. exactly what happened. And there was a guy, it's a dude's name, Doug McLeod, consultant, who served for several years as the Maui County Energy Commissioner, said, looking back with hindsight, the business opportunities were on the generation side. And the utility was going out for bid with all these big renewable energy projects. But in retrospect, it seems clear we weren't as focused on these fire risks as we should have been. Yeah. I, I hope those press releases and press conferences and, and, you know, Chamber of Commerce awards are worth it. Because you yeah. knew they were celebrating yeah. those and yeah. patting themselves on the back all about it. You know, pe people have to really think about practical things before yeah. they talk about or consider pie-in-the-sky dreams of 100% renewable, carbon neutral, all that stuff. I'm, I, I mean, if you can make it work, those are not unworthy goals, of course. But you cannot sacrifice your bread-and-butter here-and-now stuff 
in exchange for something that may or may not work in the future. Exactly. No, the unintended consequences. I mean, they're not thinking things through. Just, well, and knowing their threat of wildfires is certainly there. Yeah, yeah and just far reacting to green weenie stuff. And again, patting yourself on the back for it. Yeah. Update. Uh, you know, the whole controversy with the movie Blind Side, Michael Orr and the Tui family, and yeah. he says, oh, they kind of ripped me off. And they're like, hold on a second. That's not exactly what happened. And there's this back and forth. And then some people were saying, they should take the Oscar away from Sandra Bullock playing in that movie. <laughs> okay, why? It's crazy. Quentin Aaron, who played Michael Orr in that movie, yeah, uh, said, you better lay off Sandra Bullock. Said, I heard some pretty disturbing things people were saying about her, and I'm not behind that. Leave her alone. Don't come for my mama. I'm six foot eight, 400 plus pounds, and you don't want those problems. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I love that. Good for him. I man. can't even believe this is a thing. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. Biggest story of the day, David. Uh, I, I'm, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around the, the Maui story that you just told me. I, I don't know. I think that's, that is one of the bigger stories of the day, to me at least. Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, although I hesitate to say bigger because, according to Al Sharpton, that is code for a racial slur because it, it rhymes with a racial Wait, slur. Oh, yeah, so got it. That's yeah. Oh, yeah. thing, yeah. yeah. Um, and also that Maui's emergency operations chief had no background in disaster response? No, none. Oh, None. my goodness. For crying out loud. What kind of hire was that? <laughs> well, I wonder. You're box checking again? Okay, we'll get an update on that and much more. Straight ahead, right here. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. <laughs> Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. I just happened to see this headline, and <laughs> I saw again where... I think it was Biden actually saying Bidenomics is working. It's working. I see mortgage rates could hit 8%. Yeah. That's what economists Oh, yeah. Saying. Yeah. Uh, citing a worrying sign not seen since the Great Recession. That's from MarketWatch. Mm-hmm. Ooh, buddy. If it weren't for Bidenomics, it'd be 12%, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, that's exactly what they're arguing. That's the craziest part exactly, about it. Exactly, exactly. You don't know how good you have it. Now, they, they, don't, they don't put it in those exact terms, but when they say, hey, look, inflation is only now, what, year over year, 4% or whatever, however they want to uh, spin it, and you think, well, wait a minute, actually, relative to where things were before you took office, it's actually more like uh, 16 to 18%. Uh, but they don't. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about it in those terms. Of course not. But in the story, it says this too: high rates have already taken a toll on the United States housing market. Mm-hmm. Even home builders who have, in recent months, experienced strong demand from home buyers, and I remember talking about that, yeah. are reporting a drop in buyer traffic as those rising rates rattle their customers. Well, yeah, eight percent. Eight percent will rattle you. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I hear some uh, older Democrats saying, well, that's nothing compared to what it was in the 80s and whatnot. And it's like, well, okay, but we've had years and years of pretty stable uh, mortgage rates. And so, yeah, this is actually a pretty big shock to the system. <laughs> that's that's how you're going to say it's not so bad? Well, yeah. we've had it worse in the past. Yeah. Isn't that just another way of saying it? it's failing? Yeah. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Okay, um, let's switch gears to uh, the Republican primary. 
Okay, you're hearing uh, a lot about Vivek Ramaswamy, and I like him. I really do. And what what's one of the uh, knocks on him? It's you know, it's a lot of money he's bought and paid for. Now, what you hear sometimes from people say yeah. it's got to be Trump. For for me, it's more, uh, and, and this is just my own personal sense. I don't really trust the guy because he seems to be on every side of every issue. Um, oh, that's I really haven't noticed that. Yeah, I haven't yeah. noticed that either, Dave. Every well, time I've heard him talk, I'm like, hey, man, what he's saying is making sense to me. Yeah, but then you, you go back a couple of years, and, I mean, when this guy was talking about January 6th and insurrection and, you know, Trump directly responsible for all of this stuff, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't know. He just, and, and you know, he just comes across as one of those guys who, I mean, you know how he made so much money because he knows how to get in front of potential investors and sell them a good pitch. Wasn't that the appeal of Trump? What do you mean? As far as what, he can he can talk to people. He knows how to do business. He's good yeah. at doing deals, that sort of thing. I guess. Maybe. I mean, I, I'm not saying your criticism isn't fair. I haven't heard the whole doublespeak mm-hmm. thing or, you know, the examples of that yet. It's pretty early. Um, he is good with people one-on-one. Mm. I've seen clips of him doing that. And that, yeah, I guess you kind of take it for granted that politicians should just be good at that. But there are a lot that are not. No, well, they don't. <laughs> They have. They don't talk to real people. Oftentimes, you know, they don't know how they talk. They don't know what it's about. They don't know. So he's gaining some steam, and then it seems like, and this is, I'm, I'm trying to figure out myself. Where is really Ron DeSantis at right now, as far as with the American people? Because it does seem like the left goes after him, pretty much more than anybody. Trump's a given with all the indictments and all that stuff. But outside of him, is it because he is the real challenger? Is that why they're after him so much and they don't like what he's done in Florida? Or is it the threat? I mean, and then from different Republicans saying he's done. He's he's just not very good at this. And he, I mean, he's just not going to make it. Might as well drop out, you know, after the second primary. No. I'm thinking, how could someone's star be shining that bright just a few months ago and all of a sudden him to become that low? Yeah, I, well, I one, it's very interesting, and I'm trying to pull this up right now. Washington Examiner reported that in terms of actual uh, campaign cash being spent, yeah, more money has been spent atta- on attack ads against Ron DeSantis than Donald Trump or Joe Biden combined. And now one of the reasons why it's pretty easy to say that is because you don't have to spend campaign cash to run attack ads against Donald Trump right now. You have the federal government doing it for you. I mean, absolutely. Right? I mean, yes. So, so yeah. I mean, you don't you don't really need. It would be a waste of money to do what you can just have the court system do for you. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think that there are people who are legitimately afraid of Ron DeSantis, and it's because he has actually demonstrated that he can tear down a political system. It's not just talking a good game. He's actually doing it and has done it in the state of Florida. Well, and I know, man. Anytime. It just goes with the territory. If you're going to throw a criticism at Trump, you're going to have people say, oh, you're just a never-Trumper, blah, 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 which is not true. The thing about Trump, there's been too many unforced errors. I mean, if you're looking at it objectively, I think that is true. The one thing about DeSantis that can say it seems like he's put the right people in place in different positions in Florida. 
There have been times Trump has put his faith in the wrong people. Well, one name comes to mind, Omarosa. Oh, just one of many. Yes. This is terrible. So, I mean, I think that's a fair criticism of not only do you need someone that can get the job done, you got to surround yourself with the right people. I think he's done that. And again, man, if Trump ends up being uh, the nominee, would I vote for him? Of course. Yeah. But I still believe he is the one Republican that is the most beatable. And until I see different polling with independent voters, especially suburban women, I don't know that I'll stop believing that. That's the big fear. So DeSantis has been advised, hey, you got to hit back at Trump a little bit. Yeah. And it seems like he's starting to do that a little bit. Is yeah. it effective? Yeah, given given the opportunity. Yeah, Ron DeSantis, he did this interview with a Boston radio host named uh, Dan Rhea. I'm not really sure how to say his last name. Ray, maybe. Um, asked if uh, Trump should just step aside from the presidential race to focus on fighting all these criminal cases against him. And here's what DeSantis said in part. Okay. Well, look, I, I'd never thought he should run to begin with, even before all these legal cases. When he left office uh, in January of, of 2021, uh, I, I think he did a lot of good things, and I, and I give him credit for that. But I never thought it was a good idea for him to run again. I, I think that, you know, on the one hand, uh, people look at uh, how he's been treated uh, historically. So, for example, with the Russia collusion. That's not a bell you can just unring. I mean, you had FBI, you had intelligence, you had people in the Department of Justice that basically framed him. So I think our voters look at a lot of this stuff through that prism of how government has misbehaved against him in the past. And I think he's gotten a lot of sympathy uh, for it. All right, stop there for a second because we got more to get to. Yeah. What do you said so far there? Scott, what do you think? Well, I, I mean, I... I... I don't disagree with him. Do you think Trump shouldn't have ran? I think I said that early on. I hope yeah. he doesn't. Um, and for the for the very for the reasons we're seeing now, it just is stepping on the rake and over and over and over again. Things are happening, and I want to I, I want to vote. I want to support the candidate. I feel you may feel differently, and that's fine. That has the better chance of beating Joe Biden. I mean. But you still think it's a witch hunt? What's going on? It is. I, well, yeah. of course. I mean, but I think an inanimate object I would vote for. <laughs> I mean, so it's like really it kind of cancels it out, right? I mean, as far as whoever is the yeah, Republican nominee. Yeah, I would vote for a porcelain dog, but then before I would, right? You know, Joe Biden. Well, yeah. What do you think so far? We got another thirty seconds of this clip. What do you think of what he said so far, David? Yeah, I think I, I think it's an honest analysis. It's not really. You know, the one thing that bugs me is that it never really gets to the point of the question, which was, um, do you think he should drop out? There's still a little dancing going on there. And oh, it's yeah. like, well, I'm not actually going to address that in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, going forward, though, I-, I think if the election is about why Biden has failed and what we're going to do to get the country on the right track, we are going to win. If the election is about things like what document was left by the toilet at Mar-a-Lago, if it's about things that happen uh, in, the, in 2020 and all this stuff, if that is what the, the elections are referendum on, then Republicans are going to lose. Well, that's a good point. So do you think he was coached on that? Like if, the, if this question comes up, should he drop out? Yeah. 
that he's not going to say, yeah. yeah, he should drop out because that's going to be a terrible look if he says it. Yeah, that 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 came across as fairly well rehearsed, but yeah. I, you know, I do think again with with if you're if you're going to try to make the case that Joe Biden is corrupt and he's a terrible president, that is true. With people who don't pay attention to how all of this has gone down. The other argument, if Trump's the nominee, you throw out there, by the way, this guy's under indictment in four different jurisdictions pending trial right now. Allegations about Joe Biden don't mean squat to the to the what the great Rush Limbaugh would call the low information voter. It's and, so true. And so they don't I, know what's going on. It sucks, but that's the reality of it. The other thing that that sticks out to me hearing that and we'll move on. He is a little awkward with people, DeSantis. A little bit. Do you hear it? Is has, it just me? Has a what? He's a little awkward. He's not. He's not comfortable. Oh, DeSantis. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. He's always a little awkward. Okay. All right. You don't see it though, Scott. Uh, I, I mean, I suppose when you draw a big red circle around it, I do see it. I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't look comfortable sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. But there is just a, an observation. I mean, his actions are very, you know, John Wayne. Dude, absolutely. I like you know? what he's done in Florida, yeah, dude. I mean, Love like, it. Take yeah. no crap. So, yeah. No doubt. Uh, something that's, this is on a lighter note, um, going on online. People are talking about signs you're in your 40s. And what was funny to this when I saw it is, I, David, I thought of you. You're five years from that. Or is it four? I can't remember. Time flies. Yeah. Five? Four. Four, yeah. Who knew? Old guy. <laughs> but some of this stuff, I think, is going to resonate with you. Because as someone now in the 50s, and Scott, you in your 70s. Shut up. Um, no, I'm not. Oh, yeah, 60s. My bad. Shut up. Um, anyway, to see someone in their 40s now get treated as old is kind of nice, to be honest. So they're saying, um, if the cashier asks for your ID on age-restricted items and laughs, you, you know you're in your 40s. <laughs> That's kind of funny, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, a teacher once told you, you won't always have a calculator in your pocket. Ah. Yes, I will. So does that resonate, David? <laughs> yeah, it does a little bit. Okay, I thought so. Social media feed is filled with pictures of your friend's kids and their latest achievements? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not on, like, personal social media at all, so I don't know. But your wife shows you all the yeah. time? Yeah, sure. Yep. By the way, do you ever say, you know what, I don't care? I have before. When and you get like, oh, look, look at a Casey's big a-hole, son. don't you? Yeah. And I'm like, who's Casey? I don't know who that person is. <laughs> exactly. And then she's like, it's your cousin. Oh. Oh. <laughs> and then you are really a big jerk, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. The other one, you're in the supermarket, you realize the music that's playing was the same music at your junior high homecoming dance. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Man, I feel that, and I'm old. I'm the oldest guy here. Not junior high, but sometimes you go high school. Yeah. What supermarket plays hits from the early 60s? Shut up. I'm sorry, 70s. My band bad. on the run yesterday. Yeah. My bad. Sorry about that. Right. Got to get to a news update. And would you let AI be your life coach? Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. A few different things we haven't had a chance to get to yet. You think it's nuts in the United States. It seems like it's nuts all over the place. Like in Scotland, this upcoming comedy festival, Comedy Unleashed, that got canceled. Why? Why? One of the comedian's views on gender. Jeez. Graham Linehan. 
his past comments about transgender people. I can't have it. And so the venue wrote this out. We were not made aware of the lineup of this show in advance. We're an inclusive venue, and this does not align with our overall values. Okay. I thought you said you were inclusive. Well, it's comedy. (laughs) It's comedy. Stop it. You can't have any jokes. Dave Chappelle, I guess the rage was against him for a while. Now in Scotland, it's against this guy. Gosh dang it. I mean, that's what it is. It's pointing out the the craziness and zaniness and mocking it. Of course. But comedy shouldn't offend people. Well, of course it should. Comedy's offended people since the beginning of comedy. Goodness gracious, man. The jesters entertaining the kings. Somebody was pissed. The other thing, just to play into stereotypes for a second, that doesn't really go along with the vision of Scotland, does it? No. Well, I mean, in Scotland, I mean, the thing is, is that you've got no First Amendment protections in the U.K. And, it, yeah, I mean. I'm just saying, is. when you think about Scotland, you think yeah. about tough people. I right. think about drunks mostly. but Okay. Yeah. It's not Scottish. It's crap! Pretty- but they're pretty good when they fight and they're yeah. drunk. Right. It was like it used to be when you thought Australia. Oh, yeah. man, tough guys, rugby. Yeah. Pretty rough and tumble. Yeah. And then you see, like, the laws and the way things are run. You're like, wow, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So that's out there. Um, oh, something else. New study talking about parents. They're worried about their kids' lack of independent playtime, especially, like, after a summer. Oh. Because a lot of people look at their childhood and say, you know what? I could go out in the summer, meet up with my friends, spend pretty much all day away from the house, come back, and it was fine. Yeah. Something I did not know, and you could probably speak to this, David, that parents today feel like if they do that, they live in a safe enough area to let their kids just sort of roam and have fun, that they're judged for it by other parents. Well, I guess, but you got to let that go. Who cares? I've seen how messed up your kids are. I'm not going to let you judge me. <laughs> there you go. I didn't. I didn't understand that phenomenon. Like it's just not safe to let kids roam these days. Well, um, and again, I guess it depends on exactly where you live. You could certainly make that argument. Yeah, depending on where you are. Yeah. Yes. And, and some people just don't want to deal with their kids. They just turn them loose and say, "Go." Yes. Don't come back. Well. Until the, the streetlights are on. Yeah. Yes. And then some people are like, you know what? I don't live in a neighborhood like that. I want to move to a neighborhood where I could allow my kids to do that. White flight. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Which we also found out earlier this week is a total myth. Can't win. It's class flight is what it is. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, where do you want to start? Which liberal media hack first, Andrea Mitchell or Jake Crapper? Well, well, we'll start with Andrea Mitchell. I think this is pretty funny. So MSNBC's Andrea Mitchell can't believe that more people don't seem to like Joe Biden. And she's asked uh, Michigan Governor 
and Biden re-election campaign co-chair Gretchen Whitmer about this. Because, I mean, when you look at polling between Donald Trump and Joe Biden, Donald Trump is extremely competitive. <laughs> I mean, it, it, depending on what polls you're looking at, some polls have him ahead. Some polls have him within the margin of error or slightly uh, down. I mean, it's it's pretty remarkable given everything that whatever you want to call it, the deep state, the Democrat machine, the entrenched bureaucrats uh, in the federal government have done to run this guy into the dirt. And yet people don't like Joe Biden. No, they don't at all. I don't know what's so hard to figure out, but Andrea's flummoxed quite a bit on her program. Despite the economic progress and the lower... What? You've already... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The progress. And the lowering of inflation and what has been done, you know, spades in the ground on a lot of these projects. Despite all of that, here you've got Donald Trump, a former president, in so much legal trouble for indictments, and yet a New York Times-Siena College poll of a hypothetical matchup between him and the president, he's tied 43-43 with President Biden. That poll was taken before this last indictment. So, you know, Andrew... That's got to be frustrating to you as a co-chair and to the White House. Okay, hold on a second. Do you think Andrea Mitchell talks to regular people ever? No. doesn't know any, personally. No. Married to Greenspan for 25 no, years. I, How often is she's she just been rubbing a, elbows? She's been in, in the swamp for Ugh. 50 years. Okay. I'll go ahead and listen to this stupid answer, and then I have a question for you. Well, you know what? A year ago, people were writing my political obituary, and I won by 11 points and flipped both chambers of our legislature in Michigan, something that hadn't been done in 40 years. Rick. At the end of the day, voters are not stupid. They are very smart. They know who's really working to improve the quality of their lives, who's working to— Do you ever see these people interviewed? They're not really smart, just— to uh, burst that bubble. Codify rights instead of taking them away from people. Who is working to make sure that all people My in this rights. country can get on a path to prosperity? So. <laughs> this is laughable. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, also, you know, a lot of the people who would have turned out en masse to vote against you actually did a more powerful thing than voting. They left your state. They did. That is true. My quick question, we don't have to spend much time on this. I, I think I already know the answer. Somebody like Andrea Mitchell, I think about the different clips we've had of her over the last couple of years. She's delusional and sometimes just outright lies. Yeah. And then I wonder, is she, because before, say, 10 years ago, Andrea Mitchell, whatever, fine. You know, I don't, I'm sure we don't believe the same things, but whatever. And now I'm like, is she just a bad person that knowingly lies to people or is she just brainwashed? You have to pick one. Well, it, it can be not both. Not that it matters. <laughs> yeah, I thought this one. Yeah. I'm just going to say, I think it can be both. I really do. Some of that is just so frustrating. Okay. And what's Tapper? What's he going oh. on about? Well, we have learned definitively that apparently if you say or write a word that rhymes with a bad word, you said that bad word. Uh, according to the left today, after Donald Trump wrote on Truth Social, uh, they only went after those that fought to find the rigors. Apparently, that's the same as saying the N-word. We're supposed After to take this seriously. After he said rigged election, that was the sentence right. before. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're supposed to take these people very seriously. CNN's Jake Tapper.
was talking to former Trump administration official Alyssa Farah, and they were very serious and very concerned about this racially charged word that's not racially charged. Oh, my God. The use of the word rigor uh, is not uh, unintentional. Mr. President, uh, Mr. Trump, President Trump has certainly been accused of racist language before. Right. Well, like fine people that you put out there, Jake. That's a total falsehood. That's a total lie. Right. With Trump, you don't need to look for a dog whistle. It's it's a bullhorn uh, when it comes to, oh, dear, to race. Dear. He's not really hiding um, that he's going to lean into that element. And this is in, you know taking place just outside of Atlanta. When you saw the courtroom, it was a lot of black men and women who were serving in that courtroom. <laughs> the fact that he's introducing race into this prosecution oh surprises me. It's disgusting. It's textbook Donald Trump, but it comes as no surprise. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Sounds like she was triggered. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, don't oh, say that. Dog whistle. Ah, ah. Can't have it. Man. Can't watch Wayne the Pooh. It's got Tigger. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my old friend, Joe Higgins. You're going to have to change the nickname. Can't call him the Higger no more. Nope. Nope. And if you get it. I don't even think you can call him Higgy. No, and it. <laughs> If your if your ankles get get a little itchy after you went walking through some tall grass, don't you dare blame chiggers. No, you can't do that. I, can, I I'm I can't. You guys are so good at this that I want to just stay back and listen to it. You don't want to participate. I I don't think I can. Everything pops into my head. David says it, or you say it, well, and I you know, you're well, hitting the buzzer long before I am. Yeah, so. and I I tend to think that if your first thought was, oh my gosh, that's like him saying the n word. Yeah, well. Then that's a you problem, that not a Donald a problem. Trump problem. It's just so dumb. It reminds me of, remember, was it last season, the uh, the uh, Colorado Rockies? Uh, there was a guy sitting behind home plate, and he was accused of yelling the N-word. Yeah. Again, like, what, four rows up? <laughs> I mean, he's just, he's Dude, right. Dude, that's when I think we came up with all these jokes. Yeah. He's, like, right behind home plate, and he was accused of yelling the N-word repeatedly, even though nobody in the seats around him were reacting to that. No. But he was actually yelling Dinger, the name of the mascot. Right. He wanted to come over, right, and get a picture or something. Yeah, he wanted a picture of Dinger with his grandkids. Yeah, with his grandkids. And and the left and and one of the players, right, said, I heard him yelling that. I mean, they— they they tried to ruin this guy. Right. They tracked him down. This was a national nightmare because somebody was apparently yelling the N-word at a Major League Baseball game, which really doesn't happen outside of Boston. Um, but <laughs> Can you imagine if someone did? Dude. What would happen? Well, no, they would have been pummeled. Yes. Like, and rightfully so. Right. If, you're gonna, if that's what you're going to say. But obviously the guy was yelling dinger. Right. Is that a dog whistle, Jake? Well, and and remember, there was a there was a short lived conversation about whether or not they should change the mascot's name. Oh, that's right. Because, yeah, because somebody thought it kind of sort of sounded like someone was saying the n word when they weren't. Yes, unreal. By the way, uh, and this is a real story. Um, different story here, but related to what we're talking about—just over the top racism. Our friends in Minnesota already know this story. The Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, okay, is going to focus now their resources on bringing more non-white people to their state parks. <laughs> Too many whiteies at the state parks. Mm-hmm. Need people of color. 
They've issued a renewed commitment to diversity following their latest survey, the 2022 State Park Visitor Study, which was released earlier this week. In a press release, the uh, Minnesota Department of Natural Resources, uh, the director, Ann Pierce, said the state agency needed to do more for inclusivity. Like, okay. Saying that only 11% um, of visitors there weren't white. So you got 89% people visiting the state parks are white, and they need to do something about it. Now, it's better than it's been in the past. They've worked at it, but there's much more work to do. Like, what are they supposed to do? Right, exactly. But I mean, just drive around and throw people on buses and make them go? <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, what are you doing here? Just going to the south side of Chicago and like yeah. just rounding people up in a, yeah. in a van and saying, yeah, this, this is for equity. Right. Well, it, they said, according to the study, well, the park visitors are more likely to be white, high income, and more highly educated than the rest of the population. Also reporting that visitors they interviewed had expressed a desire to decolonize signage. Oh, my gosh. What? Yes, decolonize signage. And input more indigenous history and voices in park programming. I'm not quite sure what that means. And they also expressed concerns over potentially experiencing microaggressions and the lack of diversity during their visit. When you're going through the state park? Yeah. Is it something about the trees? I've never, I've never had that thought even cross my mind one time. I just figured they don't want to go. Well, yes. I mean, nobody's stopping anyone from going. There's no signs. Of course not. Minorities, you get Tuesday, Thursdays only. <laughs> I mean, nothing. It's there's nothing. You can go whenever you want. I don't want to go. Why are you making me go? <laughs> I don't want to. Because we want diversity. You right. must come. It's so different. Friends of yours are like, stupid. I don't want to go. It's not my thing. I no, should, you will go because right. we need the diversity. You're so going to go. Feel better about our white selves. Yeah, that's right. You're going to go. Golly, I, I, it's, it's forcing really people to do man. something they don't want to do. All right, that'll work. Yeah, for the inclusion score. Got it. There you go. Yeah. All right. The question is: Would you use an AI life coach? Because no. Google is working on one. Mm. No. Way. Maybe. No, I wouldn't. No. No. I mean, okay, you were you were hanging there for a second. What was the thought? Well, part of it is if you're going to hire, and I, I I wouldn't hire a life coach anyway. But when you're trying to hire somebody that can help you, you know, be all that you can be, or whatever you want to call it, like a fitness trainer, for example. Okay. Or a nutritionist, or something like that. If you want to get healthier and lose some weight, the the goal is about having accountability every single one of us knows what you need to do to lose weight or be healthier and all of that and that's eat right and exercise yeah. but a lot of people fall short of that because they don't have somebody holding them accountable and so they need somebody there i don't know how ai could do that okay i'll push back on something let's take those things out let's say creating a budget okay and it's you and the missus but you can't agree could you both agree, hey, we're going to let the AI say, how? okay, plugging this in here. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not for it either. I'm just making the argument for I'd it. I'd say I'm not married to the okay. computer. Okay. No, you just put, so, it on, put it out on social media and see what they think first. <laughs> <laughs> it says they taught this thing 21 different tasks 
to help people improve their lives. One of them was budgets, meal plans, um, just helping you plan ahead better. And a couple of people that had been working on it told the failing New York Times that Google wants to make it smart enough to give solid answers to intimate questions about challenges in people's lives. So then who knows? Maybe it's uh, how often you're having sex yeah. with your with your spouse. AI says we should be doing this. I'm sure that information will be kept confidential. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be my biggest thing. I, I don't right. want my deepest, darkest secrets in the hands no. of AI. AI. No, thanks. What do you have that's deep and dark? Are you talking about the sex part or the budget part or both? Just curious. Well, they might be related, all right? <laughs> I was going to say, they kind of run hand in hand, don't they? You're not attractive. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay, much more to get to. News update. Oh, and a piece I saw. The real crisis affecting the American family. Do you think you know what it is? You may not. All coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Anybody up for a deep conversation? Oh, sure. Mm, yeah. Well, if you say that, nobody... Well, at least you were honest, Scott. You really don't want to. Not really, but go ahead. You're okay. going to go ahead anyway, so... I don't have to. I no, can switch right. it up no, no, fast. You go, you go right ahead. Let's get deep, man. Come on. The real crisis affecting the American family? You know what it is? That there aren't enough American families, actually? Yeah. That's pretty much it, really. Dad's gone? <laughs> a lot of people do say dad's gone, and a lot of times that's true. Mm -hmm. um, this piece from Brenda Hafera, this was a Daily Wire, said, Valid answer, but a larger problem is looming today, a lack of family formation. Fewer Americans are getting married and having kids. She writes, birth rates began to plummet with the generational shift from Gen X to millennials. She uh, quotes a documentary, Birth Gap. Data scientist Stephen Shaw notes that the primary driver behind falling birth rates is not that mothers are having fewer kids, but that the number of women who have no children has risen sharply. And most of these women, about 80%, wanted kids but either never found a partner or did not do so in time to have kids. Which is kind of sad. Uh, they were caught unawares. I didn't know that term until I read this. Um, had been poorly educated about female fertility and thought they had more time. And it goes on in this piece to talk about, you know, a lot of people today, you're brought up to think that modern society has conquered nature. The contemporary world is a customizable one. And the individual expects his every preference and desire. They're talking things like Uber Eats, things like that. I want to want it now and I can get them. Okay, and it's difficult to confront the reality that even science is limited by nature, and you only have so much time. And young singles are putting other things before dating. It's like a common belief that both spouses should be established and have experienced the world before settling down to marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah, it's, it's sort of like, well, you can, that's the way to cap life, but it's not the cornerstone. No. And some would argue a lot of this started with feminism. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't have individuality. But this sort of belief that, well, you need someone else to complete you. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe not. But if you want to have kids, you need somebody else. Yeah. yeah. If you want a thriving society. 
And it does also say that a lot of young people are coming from broken homes and divorced parents. Um, and a lot of those people are not encouraging others to get married. You know, that, that's that been my thought on it for a long time. Like my generation, it, yeah. you know, and, and I come from a quote-unquote broken home or whatever you want to call it. A lot of people in, in my elementary school, same situation. Divorced parents, single parents, raising kids, things like that. Kind of doesn't make you want to run towards the altar necessarily. Yeah, it's been a problem. I remember a couple of decades ago, it got so bad, Robin started naming his interns Broken Home. I'm not even joking about that. That's true. It's 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 really a sad well, thing. Well, I was this way ahead of my time. Van Camp and Robin show. You're always ahead of your time, Scott. Way ahead of my time. Yeah. Yes. David, biggest story of the day. Uh, biggest story of the day, uh, to me personally at least, is that apparently if you say a word that rhymes with a bad word, uh, you have said that bad word. Learned that with the, is that everything just, every bad word now? I I don't know I I don't know if I can still talk about the hockey team the Anaheim Ducks. I was just gonna say yeah that would Not be a problem. Sure, it? if I can talk about that or the team in Milwaukee the NBA team. Yeah, the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not really yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. I assume I can. I guess, but better ask Jake Tapper. <laughs> can I say that we experienced a glitch? Yeah. <laughs> All right. News update in the Scott Robbins trifecta straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Martin. I'm the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the millennial, the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I love this story. I know there's a lot of other, like, national things going on, but I just like a feel-good story every now and again because sometimes it feels like the news is just beating you down. Yeah, it does. So I saw this on Fox Business. Uh, After squatters took over this guy's home, Well, this guy took the law into his own hands and uncovered a clever way to force them out. He's a handyman, United Handyman Association founder Flash Shelton. That's his actual name. He became a squatter himself. (laughs) So what what he said was, I dissected the laws over a weekend. I basically figured out that until their civil action, the squatters didn't have any rights. So if I could switch places with them, become the squatter myself, I would assume those squatters' rights. So the setup here is after his dad died, the family was trying to sell the house, but then they found out squatters had taken over the residence. Squatters, of course, we know, are people who don't own or rent a property but live there anyway. Uh, The cops said, hey, there's really nothing we can do in this situation. It's so frustrating. Yeah, the guy says, I called local law enforcement, and as soon as they saw there was furniture in the house, they said that... I had a squatter situation, and they basically had no jurisdiction, and they couldn't do anything. So he decided that he could use those squatters' rights to take back his house. He also had his mother write and notarize a lease for him. So then he goes, I packed up my Jeep. I drove there and paced out, uh, paced out the joint around 4 a.m. I waited about 8, 8.30 in the morning. Three cars pulled out of the driveway. I went into the house. I put up cameras, waited for them to come back. They didn't have a lease, so that never came into play. But when they came back, I just laid it out for them, told them that hey, it's all locked up. Cameras are out there, and the only way to get back in the house is if they broke in on camera, and I would prosecute. I told them <laughs> they had a day to get their stuff out or the furniture was not theirs anymore. Good. Get them out. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Gosh, damn. That's great, man. I Get them out. <laughs> now. Some of those old Trump clips just kill me still, man. Out, out, out. <laughs> yeah, gotta out. go. 
<laughs> you can't be there. That's just part of it, man. Oh, man. All right, Robbins, are you ready for your big three? Yeah. You, I mean, you're just like, yeah, of course. Yeah, well, yeah. Are I'm they ready. sad today? No, I well, no. Okay, I mean, that's good. They could be sad, I suppose, yeah. David doesn't want to be brought down by any more bad news, and I'm with him on that. Well, I can't guarantee anything, but All right, let's go ahead roll and go. it out. Here we go. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe off. It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three stories today. Helped by his hero. I'm Casey Casey. Hey, buddy, how are you? You good? Good. All right. I'm ready. Three. Uh, Governor Phil Murphy, New Jersey, uh, got into some hot water with kids and gender identity, you're telling me. Yeah, this is, you know, the new school year has started for most kids anyway. In New Jersey now, the policy requiring schools now, according to Phil Murphy, who who was pushing this one, got it into law, to accommodate kids' chosen gender regardless of whether their parents agree with their decision or not. Requiring parents' permission to other arguing about it and uh, not having any notice on whether they do it or not. They say it's like administering medicine or showing movies or offering snacks. What? No. Offering snacks? Yes. Under New Jersey law, kids can now claim to be any sex they choose. Schools must accommodate them, letting them use any corresponding bathroom, locker room, or etc., even without parental consent. Worse, though, Team Murphy thinks schools shouldn't even have to tell parents about their kids' decisions. Rather, teachers and other staff should actually deceive mom and dad. In other words, don't tell them the truth. Okay. Is this as simple as the big donors to this guy tells him this is the way it's got to be? There's no way yeah. this guy makes that decision on his own, is there? I don't think so either, but I think he's he's susceptible to it because it's the woke agenda. And again, I go back to this all the time. New Jersey reelected this guy. I mean, you reelected this moron. But yeah, I mean, parents are pushing back, saying, "Hey, I didn't give these guys co- uh, co-parenting uh, uh, the government co-parent. I don't need them to co- co-parent my kid." Well, the thing is, if he's got to run on that next time, because that wasn't out in the forefront the mm-hmm. last election either. Yeah, then you got to pay for that. Can you imagine that though? I mean, again, well, it's happened in so many places. You have to. Yeah. You get like seventy-three permission slips. That gets sent home to you over the course of a school year so your kids can go to the planetarium. Yeah. But if John wants to be Susie, then it's fine. Yeah. It you don't need to sense. know, parents. No. You need to know whether or not your kids are going to the zoo on a field trip. This is like the story we had earlier. More and more people, if they can, are getting their kids out of public school. God, man. I mean, this is ridiculous. Totally agree. We're getting closer and closer to number one. Yeah, the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day, up yeah. to number two. Well, so much for the feel-good stuff. Number two, airline yeah. pilot dies during a oh. flight. Yeah, uh, L-A-T-A-M, LATAM, I guess, airlines. I don't know much about this. The flight from Florida to Chile was diverted to Panama this week after one of the pilots suffered a medical emergency oh, and man. later passed away. Flight data shows the, uh, the the plane departed Miami around 9.40 p.m. Sunday before it landed three hours later in Panama City. During the flight, the captain went to the toilet and never returned to the cockpit. 
Oh, God. Once the plane landed in Panama City, the crew tried to resuscitate him, noting the passengers reported they were dropped off there with no staff around, and the guy died. They say this happens from time to time. Now, of course, the question became, well, you know, these guys had to have the shots before they went back to work as pilots. It's part of the deal. Did this have anything to do with it? Because wow. they're, they're saying, you know, this guy checked out fully medically. You know, you have to have the medical exams and go through all that before right. you can pilot a plane. And he did. But then he got the shots, and who knows? Pfizer, for their, their what they were quoted as saying is, give us 75 years, we'll tell you what happened. <laughs> I think the actual you know thing is someone had Taco Bell on the flight beforehand, and well, he, he walked into that John and just never stood a chance. Oh, good night, see, man. See? It gets gets to be Thursday, all right? I know. Everybody's cynical. Yeah. Everybody's crass. It just I, happens. Somebody suggested the Bon Jovi song, too. Oh, don't. Yeah, I'm not. No shot to the heart. No. Oh. You know, I was just thinking about this this morning. We're about a week away from your anniversary of you being dead for 40 minutes. Yeah. With your back-to-back heart attacks. Was that eight years ago now? Yes. Yeah. How often do you think about that? People ask me all the time. How often do you guys talk about oh, that? Oh, quite often. I mean, you know, just because things have never been 100% and I, you know, I'm constantly, you know, updating things. It's, you know, I mean, we do this every day and you kind of take it for granted, but you are a walking miracle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even after you survived, people didn't think you'd ever make it back here. Right. Well, I didn't think I'd ever make it back I here. I know. And neither did David. I didn't know. It was kind of crazy we'll have to do a big and there are celebration people that think week. i shouldn't still be here so anyway there i you don't go. think any of us should be here no, that's okay. just uh, part of it <laughs> say it again yeah none, none of us, none of us should. you got that right casey it's the <laughs> scott robbins trifecta top three of the day up to number one number one rachel levine the obese man who thinks he's a woman who joe biden put in charge of our nation's health care initiatives uh really likes a new name for mothers i heard yeah I, this, she was at the alaska gender clinic and Rachel Levine was there and called mothers egg producers while she was visiting the gender clinic. Yeah, I think, didn't she praise that because the, the gender clinic or whatever uh, had egg producers in yes. lieu of women yeah. or mothers? Right. And she's like, or, and Rachel Levine, this dude's like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, big, big fan of the egg producers. <laughs> you know, I, I here's the thing. I don't know if you've noticed this or not, but it seems like that these men who pretend to be women actually don't even like women. Well, they're getting a lot of advantages, too. I mean, seriously. Oh, no, there's there's a fight going on between these people and then feminists, like, trying to protect their rights. Yeah. I mean, so if we're to take, I mean, I don't know, men pretending Levine's to be, right. tip there, are we going to call women chickens? <laughs> hey there, hey, I guess. hey, producers. Hey. Are we going to send them to Campbell's well, Soup when their laying days are over? Well, well then what happens if, if when the eggs are out? What do you call them then? That's a good question. Do you just call them empty cartons? I, don't... <laughs> I guess. Hmm. It's interesting. Every and then it, will will someone bring it, or would this, you got to tell me, from the crazy left, is this hateful then to say to Levine, so you will at least recognize you're not an egg producer? Right. Can you at least admit that? Yeah, that would be a great question, actually. But because if you're not an egg producer, well, we all sane people would say, well, that's not a woman. But it, it's this kind of stuff. You're just erasing women's legal protected status, aren't you? Oh, you're, 
you're dehumanizing yes. women. Yeah, you are. It, you absolutely are. Yes. It, it, it rarely goes the other way, too, to describe a, a woman who thinks she's a man. For the most part, medical professionals don't turn around and just and only reduce men to their parts. Right. With, I agree. Yes. They do that to women all the time. All the time. And for all the shrieking about the patriarchy and all that, I'm oh, like, goodness. y'all are the ones who are calling women front hole havers, okay? And there you have it. Yep, there you go. It's the Scott Robbins trifecta, top three of the day. Way to, you do, know it. What? Way to do it, Friday Five, all the names that are out there <laughs> not for women. Wow. <laughs> top five degrading names. <laughs> yeah. You know, on this topic, I got a piece of audio I can play for you. Um, you familiar with Andrew Clavin, part of Daily Wire? Yeah. Very smart guy. And I think he's hilarious. He was doing this whole bit about women and just families. And this is part of society because it has to be a man, a woman, and a child. That's that's how we keep going as a species, right? right. And he's talking about how crazy things have gotten and how we have to get back to identity. And we got a second here, right? Yeah. I th- yeah. I th- I think you'll get something out of this. Roll it. Right now, obviously, our roles, our sexual relationships are incredibly screwed up. On the left, there are people who basically claim that women, qua women, don't exist. If you put on a dress and wear a string of pearls, suddenly you're a woman. That is utter crap. It just isn't true. On the right, there are people who think that a... Okay, and he goes off on Andrew Tate here. And I think he's absolutely right. Pimp and misogynist abuser like Andrew Tate has something to tell us about how women should be treated or what masculinity is that is also crap. So clearly people on both the left and the right are living in a complete solipsistic fantasy land when it comes to the truth about women. And solipsistic is a long word. It just means a theory that only the self is real, living in a fantasy in which only you are real and that outside world can be changed any way you want it to be. Okay, so we all learned a word there. Unless you already knew it, David. Hmm. Try to anyway, that one in. <laughs> but the, the way he finishes this, I thought was brilliant. Transgenderism is BS no matter how many times they kick you off YouTube for saying it. Andrew Tate is BS. Both are outgrowths of feminism, which begins as a human rights movement, but has now ended as a solipsistic fantasy about the relations between men and women. That's why we're all so, all so screwed up. That self-destructive solipsistic fantasy is destroying us and a new anti-feminist pact between the only two genders that exist is our only hope. <laughs> I think it's, there's a lot of truth in that. Yeah. But there's enough people that just go along and play pretend with what the far left wants because they don't want to hurt feelings. That's got to stop, man. It's got to be reality. I would agree. Or we're freaking doomed. Thanks for the good news, Scott. Appreciate You're welcome. It. No problem. My, my pleasure. Yeah, I added to it. Okay, we got to get to another news update. And Nimrod's in the news. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, we got a doozy for Nimrod's in the news. You don't want to miss it going up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Donald Trump going after Bill Barr, the former attorney general, uh, again on uh, Truth Social. Uh, apparently, they're going to be having sort of dueling interviews. I guess Bill Barr is going to be on Fox Business and Trump's going to be on Fox News so, oh. uh, this evening. Okay. I, again, I mean, I, I don't pay attention to what Fox is airing, really, because uh, I don't watch cable news at night anymore. I don't either. 
But How you makes three it. of us, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. It's <laughs> kind of remarkable. I did every night. Yeah. I know. How many? How many different? I mean, for me, it's because I'm running around like two little kids, but with two little kids. But I know after Tucker got to yeah. boot, a lot of people just kind of dropped the habit of watching Fox News in the evening. Well, I got a choice. I can watch Fox or Major League Baseball. They both hate me. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we go to Nimrod's. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Wow, this is something, man. Um... I don't know if you heard about uh, the big hoot nanny in L.A. Uh, this past weekend. It was a bunch of furries. It's a big beach party they have. It's an annual thing they call the Sunset Beach Bonfire Fur Meet. Oh, God. <laughs> People show up, of course, dressed as animals. Uh-huh. Okay. So there's a dude that's filming the thing. It's like, oh, man, these furries, this is crazy. But one of the head furries... Just known as Wolf Pirate because he dresses as a wolf, but he's got a pirate hat on and like a patch. Yeah. Started beating him with a bullhorn. Whoa. Like, stop filming, and the guy wasn't going to stop filming. There's actually audio of that There's because people were taking video of Wolf Pirate beating this guy with a yeah. bullhorn. You leave! You can let go of him any time. Oh. Wow. Now, this furry, not to be confused with the baseball furies of the Warriors fame, right. completely different situation here, but was beating the guy with a bullhorn. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there are reports that that guy did get arrested. Um, now, somebody saw this going on and then tackled the furry, and then but another furry got in on the fight, waiting to see that footage. Well, was, why was the furry talking? Wouldn't he be howling? No, no. I don't know how that works. No, he doesn't howl. Do you know what a wolf pirate says? What? Arf. Okay. So there's that. And then, oh my goodness, dude. This woman asked her sister to babysit her newborn baby and was stunned when she caught her breastfeeding the baby. Oh, no. uh, Isn't that the strangest come thing? Come on. It's a little weird. The sister, also a new mother. Oh. Well. Woman called the police on the sister. And now people are saying, well, you didn't have to call the police. Yeah, it's the strange police. all the way around, and that's Nimrod's in the news.